2: And just like that, folks, we're back with another episode of the eSports Rewind Podcast. reason why we're laughing, if you guys are listening on audio, uh, a lot of you are probably on YouTube. Me and Zan are now completely facing separate ways. Uh, I, would, I was going to start off by making fun of you, Zan, but this makes complete sense. If you guys do not know, we're currently in a pandemic. Things are only escalating. What?
3: what? This is news to me, my guy. Am I breaking what? this news right now? No. Breaking news. Update from Esports Talk. Corona is here. I
2: think this whole coronavirus <laughs> thing might be pretty serious. Um, if you guys don't know, Zan comes into the office. I am alone in the office. Zan comes in once per week for the podcast. We are taking all necessary precautions, and that's why he does wear a mask, and he is now facing away from us. So make fun all you want, guys, but we're trying to take it seriously because there's also a lot of comments that say we should be. So, all
3: right, well, you know, I think the mask looks nice. It, I'll, I'll let you all know. I had this mask before the he Rona did. hit. He <laughs> made the fashion yeah. statement
2: way before the yeah, Rona yeah. came.
3: So, oh, it's um, all about that tech life. <laughs> Either way,
2: it's good to have you back for another yeah. episode. Good to see you again, my friend. And uh, literally, I see you once a week now. Yeah, so uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> every time I look over, you look away. So <laughs> we hope you guys all enjoy. Uh, shall we get started? Yeah, let's hit it. Let's run it. All right, Zan, so our first controversial piece out there is actually a very funny story. If you guys do not know, these podcasts are actually pre-recorded, so at the point of me recording, nothing has been done yet. The trade should go through by that, saying, you probably know what I'm talking about, Xanafer. Oh, pretty pretty immediately. Dude, I, The
3: Trade. Capital T Trade. <laughs> this
2: is the reason why I love what we do. You know, mm-hmm. there's, of course, you got to cover a lot of the stories that come out, when they come out, because, you know, your esports news, esports talk, you talk about the big stories when they happen. Every now and again you get to talk about a topic that just is very fun because it's a one it's a once likely in a lifetime if not that long time thing. And it's a very funny circumstance. That being a huge trade in the League of Legends scene. Apparently Liquid Doublelift has several offers out there, one of which is from TSM. It just so happens his girlfriend also is the active president over at TSM. We also had former Overwatch talent, former I think just in general esports talent, very well known name, that being Monte Cristo, bringing to light the circumstance of is this a conflict of interest if Double lift were to choose TSM uh, with, of course, his girlfriend also being there. And so I'm going to bounce that thought off of you, Zan. Uh, as of right now, nothing has been done. The trade should be going through. Although, as of right now as well, we saw Reggie tweet out a couple times last night. It was kind of like the sideways face. And then LOL. Oh,
3: yeah. All pretty like vague, like very uh, amb- amb- yeah. ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Just, nailed that
2: word, dude. <laughs> So so what are your, on, what are your thoughts? Are your thoughts? <laughs>
3: yeah, so uh, right away, I've always thought that, like, I'm glad that Doublelift and uh, his girlfriend are happy together and all that. But it's always been a kind of weird circumstance to be dating the, you know, the CEO of another t- competing team. President. Yeah, or president. Yeah, rather yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. I mean, yes, they're yeah. top yeah. figures. Yeah. I don't and mean to like, correct you, but someone's going no, to. No, yeah, of course. They'll I'm glad you, you did. It. I'm glad you did. But, yeah, it's just like, and I'm glad they've been able to navigate that pretty cleanly from what I can tell so far, no conflict of interest things arising thus far, but this is just such a potential problem for the org down the line where like, say lift runs into problems like he just had on Team Liquid where he's losing motivation and he sticks around on the TSM roster, the immediate question is going to be, is this like some form of nepotism? Is he only there because of his girlfriend? And then that doesn't do him any favors or the team any favors.
2: Yeah, and it kind of rides the line, is it worth the risk? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other factors that play a role in this. You know, of course, other people mentioning the fact that Lena now dating double if she's the active president she also is dating the founder also one of the original owners um, she had dated him that being reginald i don't know if that's necessarily you know really relative to the topic at hand but people like to bring that up because you know it it does give her a bit more power than maybe a, a typical role would which also influences what she might what the team or organization might do for double lift. And this is not saying that we think they would take advantage or they would do these kind of things. It, a conflict of interest is the potential to do those things. And so when it comes to, we talked about this actually last week as well, when it comes to um conflicts of interest with like team ownership and the CSGO scene, having financial ties to several teams out there, it's a conflict of interest because it could be a controversial thing and it could be abused. So we're not saying TSM Lena is oh, out there
3: yeah, absolutely not. going no, to both.
2: kick players because double lift. <laughs> to or the fact that lift is going to say Lena kick this it's it's a conflict of interest because it's a potential problem for the future that they could possibly abuse overall I think on a light-hearted note uh-huh. it's pretty funny you
3: know yeah like, a little bit because it's like- what if you were in his shoes I would not be in his shoes. (laughs) Hard stop, no. Okay, but like what if you were- That's like like Business 101, you just don't do that. Yeah. You you avoid anything that could give the appearance of impropriety like that. It's just, you know, you just don't. But it's also very hard, Zan, because no one has ever been in his
2: shoes like this. No one can ever say that they were a top figure personality. Not
3: not in eSports, but we've seen it in other industries. Yeah, yeah. And in other industries, the example has very clearly been set hey, don't do it, because if you do, then the rumors are always going to be swirling. It's going to put strain on the relationship to a certain extent. and It's a, it's you know, a it's tough, tough a one deal. to analyze, yeah. and everyone's going to be
2: very vocal about their sides. Uh-huh. That's why we're kind of stepping back. It's, just, it's a funny instance because it's the first time in esports, and we'll see how it does get handled. You guys can leave your thoughts down below. One last question for you. Shoot. Do you think the trade goes through?
3: uh i think i think it does i think it does i think it does but then i think issues pop up within a couple months like with riot like in their code of conduct somehow being like "Mm, do we want this like swirling around in our league i could see that happening
2: and i think also to end on as well i think it'll be something that if it does go through i think you're probably right we'll be talking about it again when it's some sort of controversial decision is made and people instantly go back to oh it's because double lift is dating the president
3: so wish them both the best of luck oh absolutely of course love the story and we'll see what happens. You know what, Jake, you know what the weird, in a weird way what the biggest problem with eSports is at the moment? It's the developers and the way they handle their eSports games. Because it's just all over the place, and once again we have yet another developer making a wildly weird decision involving their eSports scene and their development of the game. Uh, Earlier this week we had the Challengers League take place for Rainbow Six Siege. Ah. And in the middle of the event, Ubisoft was like, hey guys, Balance patch. So, you know, just uh, stop playing for 20 minutes, lose all your momentum, you gotta download the patch, everybody's gotta get on it, and then all the pros have to compete with completely new, this this, this was a big change, completely different balance for the operators that they've been using. And my question to you, Jake, is, We've seen this time and time again from different developers pushing patches right before events. We've seen like that the same thing happen in Fortnite. We've seen it, similar yeah. things in Call of Duty. And every single time, event organizers are like, hey, this really messes with everything. And it's not like the dev- developers don't give event organizers a heads up like, hey, this is coming, so they can plan around it. <laughs> Normally, it hits out of nowhere, and people are just left in the dark with no idea how to play the game anymore. Because I mean, realistically speaking, large changes affect a lot, especially at the pro level. So Jake, do you think this is sustainable cuz I thought we would have stopped seeing the we would have seen the end of this a couple months ago. This but is it keeps returning. This is a weird one because
2: yeah. I don't think I know enough details in the background of how TOs or third party organizers like ESL and DreamHack so on and so forth work with the developer or publishing company. Because when it comes to scenes like Counter-Strike, one you did not mention, we don't see this because if Valve does release an update, typically it's in good fashion. Because Mm. the thing is, with CSGO, you have events every single weekend, pretty much, and they still find a way to release them. And if it is poorly timed, we often see that the TOs, they go, hey, we're going to play on the old patch uh, for this event, so I don't know if that's a line of communication that that TO has with Valve, and that's a the line of communication that Epic Games does not have with their TOs, or you know, yeah, with Ubisoft, our, uh, Ubisoft yeah. does not have with yeah. their TOs. But it seems like some scenes definitely do avoid this. I mean, League of Legends uh, is a different system because it's more it's the franchise model; it's not weekend and weekend uh, events. We do see several updates though for League of Legends. I think they've become more accustomed um, to those constant changes, and they too also planned, uh, you know. When they release those so it's become more of a custom as okay we expect an update here
3: yeah i think what what the way the reason it works for league of legends is we know when the patch is coming ahead of time yep so people have a set pretty much a set schedule yeah yeah so they know oh hey some things might be getting changed around and they're not like mid-event like all of a sudden taken off guard like oh this is now this is today and some of those updates have been like whoa that
2: happened but even then it's not near as bad you used the example that was perfect because we saw this with epic games to an egregious extent. I don't know how bad the R6 was one was, but we saw was this with epic bad, games. Unfortunately, Epic Games broke their game before some of the bigger skirmishes and bigger events they've ever had and they did it several several times. I think 3 to 4 times I made a video about them releasing some new weapon or mythic weapon or some crazy update within days of a big event. And so I I don't know if this ever will ruin a scene. It it becomes a gigantic talking point. Yeah, absolutely. It's unfortunate that it's going to keep on happening, but it seems like, you know, once these companies are done with an update they're like yo let's push it let's push it now.
3: Yeah which is the weird thing though like why not wait a day? They know the event is happening. This isn't know, like a, this isn't like a third I don't party understand. event. It's a Challengers League event. And
2: that's where I think I'm yeah. missing out on some p- important piece here because you would think it'd be as simple as yo
3: we have it done let's hold off a day or let's hold off a weekend. Yeah like just give it a second. <laughs> yeah I, and this the funny thing is this is the se- this is the second time Ubisoft has done this in the past 2 months. And I don't know exactly I I really don't have
2: an answer for you Mm -hmm. because certainly some scenes know the answer, they know the solution, and they act on it. And others, I guess, because I don't know the right answer, maybe it's it's
3: laziness, maybe it's just- I don't know. Because it seems like such a simple answer. It does. It seems pretty straightforward. And maybe it's not as simple as we think, Well, Maybe it isn't, but hey, maybe they should
2: just plan things out a little bit better. And maybe this is Ubisoft trying to get more people to talk
3: about their game. Including the pros and it's working. Is it though? Because maybe, is it working if everybody's like frick this game, it's the worst. Stop doing this. <laughs> R six is an interesting stage right yeah, now. It so really is. We'll
2: see how they continue to develop and especially develop during, you know, a times where Ubisoft is doing that kind of stuff. And before we jump into our next topic, everybody, let me take a quick second to shout out this week's sponsor. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online use promo code BlueWire to join the day and receive your new welcome bonus bet online your online wagering solution
3: guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds get to bluechew.com bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level they've got the same active ingredients that are in viagra and
2: cialis so you know they work and since they're chewable they work faster You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you
3: don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys visit
2: bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping, again, B-L-U-E-C-H-U dot com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Zan, the Valorant debate does continue. Mm. I can try and keep this one short because we've seen a few events there, but my main question to you is what esport and their pro players will transition best into the game of Valorant? There's plenty of options out there. I think probably your top ones are going to be CS, Apex, Overwatch, Maybe Fortnite and Call of Duty players, maybe some other ones that we have not heard about. We've announced a lot of pro players already leaving from the middle tier of their scene, especially when it comes to Counter Strike. A lot of pros have already switched over. Um, same thing I would say goes for Overwatch as well as Apex. Those are probably your top three um, so far throughout events. Then we've seen Counter Strike pros definitely dominate the results, yeah, but 100%. this past but this past week. The first time, we actually had some Apex boys take down the Counter-Strike boys to win the ESPN Invitational, so I fast-fire off to you. Which esport translates best so far, do you think? pro players to
3: valorant well obviously the the immediate direct transition is csgo to valorant valorant everybody knows it riot has been pretty open about it it is essentially a different take on the csgo system what you know shocking right no nobody's ever no breaking report from
2: esports they talk. said they didn't want to mimic <laughs> they just didn't want to go out and copy a top fps
3: Then what are you oh, talking about Oh no! so about? they just they put a new coat of paint on it that's not copying. It's you know it's it's completely different. Guys, look, the guns are different. Colors. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Um, but anyway, so I don't think it's going. We're really going to have a direct analog comparison to make here uh, uh, with mini scenes. Apex is very very young as an esports scene, and I think a lot of the pros there are just the people who have very good basic FPS like abilities like they're very like their aim is on point their movement is great their positioning and their situational awareness is super strong and i think we'll see that type of thing rewarded in valorant in amazing ways uh, i think overwatch obviously will transition well cuz it's a, it's, a sl- it's slower paced than something like apex much more similar to valorant and you still got to rely on that base level uh aiming you know so it's going to be interesting to see how the pro scene around Valorant develops because we've seen people from across the esports industry all express interest in potentially getting involved in the pro play. Mm-hmm. So I think within the next couple months we should have some kind of view of like what a proper tier list might look like for the pro scene in Valorant. That was a that was a very respectable answer because
2: you kind of I would say your answer attunes well with mine, but your reasoning mm-hmm. definitely stuck. Um, especially when it comes to all the minor aspects outside of AIM, but AIM also Mm. being a big one. And I think that's why we probably would agree. I don't think I could nail it down to one, but given recent results, you made a really good point. I'm going to say that CS and Apex players early Mm. on will be the best transitioning players into Valorant if they want to leave their current esport, which a lot will. Um, Not only based off AIM, but also movement, map awareness, you make some really good points. But I think one point that really stuck with me is that one that people would know if you really look into these Apex players, including the team that actually beat the Counter-Strike team, during the ESPN Invitational. That was probably the biggest event we've seen so far, besides, I mean, there's only been a few, but um, certainly one of the more well-noted ones is a lot of those Apex players, like you said, it's a very early on uh, eSports scene over there in Apex. A lot of those players that took down the Counter-Strike guys come from the Counter-Strike scene themselves. Yeah, not surprised. So so you make a really good point there. I think Apex and Counter-Strike players alone, because AIM right now, even the the devs themselves have said abilities won't be used to kill. Yes, we've seen counterpoints to that. A lot of abilities can kill, but AIM is certainly a gigantic factor. And so that's why I'm going to say probably CS players and Apex players over Overwatch players. But it's going to be very cool to see as this scene transitions out of closed beta, what pros will actually emerge. Because you got to remember, There's, what, two and a half rosters right now? I mean, not even. So we'll see what the organizations see. Because you and me, Mm. we're we're common people. We will see what the organizations who are scouting people actually see and what kind of talent they look for. And I think if they look towards Counter-Strike talent or Apex talent, that will preach a lot to, you know, if we're right or wrong.
3: Yeah, I think within the next few weeks we'll probably have announcements from a few of the major orgs. I hope so. What it, a potential roster? This channel might needs look some like. juice. Yeah, <laughs> we need to rejuice it. Yeah, I mean I'm I just can't wait to see what uh what kind of rosters we've got. Going on. I'd love oh, to see teams that are like a mix of CSGO pros and apex pros. It's gonna be so exciting I can't wait for the first guy from Fortnite to transition yep. and just dominate in Valorant. For and no people for are no going oh, to Absolutely.
2: Oh, dude. It's to. yeah, it's, I'm hitting myself literally go, <laughs> I'm so excited because like we're gonna see these mix of teams and we're gonna right. see is it gonna be like Call of Duty where a lot of these lineups are friendship lineups like are you going to have to be close to homies? Yeah, for sure. But yeah. we're definitely going to see like some real variety of players out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. I- I'm super excited, and this channel is going to cover it all, guys. So what esports pro players do you think transition best from their current esport into Valorant? Let
3: us know. So, Jake, I have a bit of an update for you from last week All and right. a turn that I don't think any of us saw this story in particular taking. Uh, if you joined us for the Esports Rewind podcast last week, you might have caught where we talked about Low Tier God and the drama between him and the other pl- another pro player, Seroblast, as LTG said a bunch of very transphobic stuff and immediately after we recorded the podcast he was banned from evolution which is the super bowl essentially a fighting game tournaments as well as ceo and a couple other big events and people were pretty satisfied with that you know the to's made a good call on that front his the the things he said were pretty hateful and just it was excessive right yeah they're bad but yeah but then a couple days later you saw something really unfortunate happen as several clips of sarah streams uh came out with them using the N-word quite liberally, all over the place. And now, Sarah has also been banned from several events. I think they might be banned from more events than LTG. I think so, yeah. Yeah, when I was checking, like, yeah. And it's just like, you don't see this in esports too often. Like, both people getting taken out like this. It's usually like one aggressor and the other person's being pretty reasonable about it.
2: One aggressor, one victim.
3: Yeah, and now we have- That sounds terrible, sorry. Yeah, nobody, nobody comes out of this situation looking good here. And the problem is, Afterwards this sparked quite a bit of conversation in the fighting game community as like okay so is there a double standard here of who gets in trouble for you know their statements on social media or on stream because screenshots are being shared of several top pro players TOs community members also just using using the n-word in their tweets in like you know, in public on stream and you know without punishment or without any without people who so much as batting an eye at it you know And yet now you have people like this getting in trouble for it. And you're like, well, I mean, why is it okay for them to say that and not people like Sarah, you know? And the question I would like to put to you, Jake, is we know that there are so many people in the esports community that for one reason or another have said some problematic things in their past. And I think if we go back through timelines and clips and everything for a good portion of the community, a good portion of them probably has said something that would get them banned at some point in time. At what point do we say, okay... Today is the day. Anything said past, like, I don't know, anything said free 2018, forgiven, and then we all just have to move forward as a community, put oh. out a solid code of conduct, and say, this is what happens if you do certain things. Is that possible? Is that viable? What are your thoughts? Uh, that That's is, quite a mouthful, yeah. No, I get yeah. you, though. Yeah.
2: A little recap for anyone who got <laughs> lost there. Pretty much, to put it in, in more standard layman's terms, for trying to relate this to other esports, imagine, like, a top figure out there, a player, says some very choice words to someone else, they get banned for it, and that person they said the choice words to, they say some choice words back, and they also get banned. That in itself was a really rare case to see and very disappointing. But I like the way you twist this into, because we see so many esports pros, players, and personalities say things they really shouldn't, whether it be on Twitter, Instagram, via video, on live stream, on video, or for YouTube, whatever it is, I don't think you can ever ever have a, a hard set line of like, okay, if you set anything before 2016, you're clean. I, I just don't know how, how that applies because people are so subjective naturally. I think people yeah, are always going to judge some people less than others. I mean, people are always going to hate on Ninja more than they hate on Dr. Disrespect. And I don't know if that's ever going to be an established rule. I think it's al- it's almost like a, a rule we have to establish with ourselves of like, okay, it's been about three years. Let's all move on as community. I don't think it'll ever be a hard line for uh, an actual like a to or.
3: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It is definitely an interesting debate, though, because you've got to wonder, like, oh, at what point? Yeah, is it like okay that this was? Oh, this was a while ago. No, changed, you're, you, know? you make a really good like yeah.
2: a really good debate out there. Like, at what point if? if a pro player says the n-word at what point do we all be like okay it was two years and four months ago now it's fine i don't know if it ever gets to that point no
3: yeah right it is it is very subjective and we don't have hard rules from many tos like oh if you say something like this, you get banned. It's always like kind of like a judgment call of whether or not they choose to enforce the rules, you know, based on the person.
2: I think luckily, when it comes to the story you've talked about, we don't have that for a lot of other esports. Of like, oh, mm-hmm. ESL has now banned so and so because he said these words yeah, not, two years not ago, super frequently. No, so, yeah. but I mean, if we come if we come to that, then we come to that. But as of right now, I just I think it's kind of um, you know it's a subjective thing of whether this person moves on faster than that person, because when it comes to the internet age, we see so many people out there. I I mean, you're always going to, if you do something wrong, you make a huge misstep. I, I speak from experience. Mm-hmm. You will always be called out for it. You can almost never get over that hump. So it kind of just becomes a point of like you have to really prove yourself that you have to prove to people that you yourself have moved on. So for any players out there, whether they're esports or gaming related, it kind of just comes to them. What are they willing to do to show people that they are different, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it'll all be, always be subjective.
3: There's always going to be haters. Yeah, definitely. It's always gonna we we can't stop using that word. But we can others. we can try just and get doable. people to stop. <laughs> we can ask like maybe don't. Hey, we'll we'll throw out some some alternatives. Fiddlesticks, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, tootsie pop. Yeah, <laughs> there are a lot
2: of nice words you can use uh, in place of uh-huh. bad
3: words. Gosh darn it. <laughs> yeah. Dag, nab it. <laughs> yeah. So
2: you know, it's, all we can do is keep covering it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. people learn from it. That's what I would say. Ooh. Xanifer, the controversy continues, my man. Oh,
3: as always, as always.
2: I, I love this. I love this so much because, again, we've never seen it. That being the streaming wars, they continue to wage on. You and me have long talked about Twitch versus YouTube versus Mixer. Sometimes we sprinkle in Facebook and caffeine in there as well.
3: Daily Motion, of course, crucial it, player in it, the streaming game. I
2: love Daily Motion, dude. <laughs> Can't wait for Ninja to make the move there after oh, Mixer. Absolutely. Um, but this is actually all around Facebook slash Twitch. And what Disguised Toast did over the past few days was very interesting because he is now streamed on Twitch yet again, following what we thought apparently is not, it's not, but we thought was an exclusive deal, of course, to move from Twitch to Facebook Gaming. Now, we have talked about this, some other talking points out there for you guys. Facebook has signed other gamers out there from other organizations. I believe some Spanish esports personalities alongside krina Kopp, alongside Ronda Rousey. By the way, Ronda and Krina are actually pulling some massive viewership no, yeah, over They're on, doing numbers. They are doing better than Disguised Toast, I can tell you guys that. Um, but along with that as well, he is now back on Twitch doing some form of e-dating gaming show. I can't give you guys too many details because I'm not sure fully my Himself. He was actually back as of us recording this for a full stream and in his twitch title Here's where the controversy does kind of lie. He actually was promoting his Facebook stream link and so for, give me your first thoughts on this We've obviously never seen this. Uh, I don't understand how this deal went through with Facebook if it's not exclusive, but it, it, it seems to be kind of exclusive
3: Yeah, okay So this is an interesting one because I think we've th- we've wondered about this on the podcast once or twice because we haven't seen streamers really You know even branch out and join somebody else's stream like say we haven't seen shroud come in and partner with courage on a youtube stream really or any crossover and it has kind of seemed like where things have been segmented you know everybody stays in their own corner i will say i will say really
2: quickly the only way we see that we do see like ninja kind of squad up with those guys yeah yeah but not when it comes to like actually Mm -hmm. it's kind of a tough it's an iffy issue we've never seen anything like this before but we've seen them at least they can still play fortnite together yeah yeah
3: they can still play the game together but they're not like you know but they're definitely not like yeah they're not like
2: they're uh, not cross-promoting each other or their platforms they're not like
3: co-streaming in a weird way yeah 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 but um anyway the way this guy's toast uh described the situation was that he basically asked facebook like hey i'd like to hop over on twitch and do some streaming and facebook surprisingly was just like yeah go for it you know, which is interesting to hear that Facebook is so open for open to this and maybe the, the impression I'm getting is that his contract was not to stream exclusively on Facebook, but to probably stream X amount of hours on Facebook throughout a period of time and Facebook outside of that probably sees him growing and him having an increased viewership as a chance to bring people over to their platform down the line because Facebook is still very much trying to grow as a hub of esports and gaming.
2: Yeah, and you've talked about this now several times ever Mm -hmm. since you talked about Facebook launching their tournaments or they want to do events themselves. They've Mm -hmm. also launched a mobile app. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, they launched a brand new mobile app, I think, earlier this week, end of last week, uh, that's dedicated to gaming and streaming and stuff. So
2: Facebook esports is certainly trying to be a thing. Uh, Adding on to what you said as well, I think what I'm trying to garner from a very confusing situation is he went to Facebook and was like, I want to do this dating kind of gaming show, and Facebook is like, well, that's not fully gaming, so you can do that on Twitch if you want. And so even weirder, you said that Facebook's okay with it. I'm mm. more surprised that Twitch is okay with this. Uh, if you guys did check out his stream, I don't believe he's – you can't subscribe to him on Twitch because he lost his partnership. If you're a Twitch partner, you can't be partnered on a different platform or streaming for a different platform. That's why you can't stream on Twitch and YouTube. That, they cut off that tie. And so at what point in time does Twitch stand back in and say, we're not going to allow you to promote a different streaming service while streaming for us or can they like can they restrict him from streaming on their like
3: i think they probably have something in the like you know in the guidelines for the platform that says like oh hey you've signed a deal with another platform you can't come over here but i think they're not going to do that in this case because that would be such a bad pr move yeah first of all freedom of speech or freedom of stream it would just (laughs) it would just paint twitch as the bad guys absolutely if facebook is being totally open and saying like hey let's just provide content for everybody they don't have to be over here let's just you know Everybody's at home. They want some content. Why not let this guy just stream where he wants to stream? And quick thoughts off that. Mm. You know,
2: if I'm Twitch, I might actually be loving this because Mm. Disguise Toast comes back and gets more viewers than he has had on Facebook since he moved to Facebook. And those viewers are still on Twitch. The number of people who are probably using that Facebook stream compared to the number of people who are actually watching his stream on Twitch Probably a huge disparity. I would, I would say that a lot of people probably aren't going to that Facebook gaming stream.
3: You know what? From, uh, from from that uh, From a web design perspective, uh, if you have a website and it's your website, to a certain extent, you can tell where traffic is going from a certain page. So if I open a page and I have a link to, like, let's say, one of your videos, right? Uh, I can get a rough idea of how many people are leaving the site and going to that link so twitch could see this as an opportunity to check okay how many people are actually going to facebook from our twitch stream yeah and gets like some numbers that could be useful data for them so maybe it's a win-win and
2: i might be speaking out of my arse i don't believe he was live on facebook at the same time so Mm -hmm. if i'm watching his twitch stream and he has a facebook link in his in his title but he's not live on facebook even if i go there i'm not staying so it's no yeah if i'm twitch like i think you may you always make these killer points of like if you if you reject him from streaming on your platform unpartnered just uh you know restricting his freedom of streaming you become the evil person if you let him do this he's garnering 20 plus thousand viewers the entire time that's half of mixer's concurrent viewership just from one streamer coming back to your platform that you don't Uh even have to pay
3: right this is
2: twitch's dream at least a face value we could Mm -hmm. be Mm. And maybe Facebook likes it too. Yeah, I think it's a win-win for everybody. You no, know who's not winning here, Sam? Who Mixer? That's Who? <laughs> oh, don't, don't don't What?
3: We already have enough Mixer people getting angry at us, and I,
2: I don't mean to knock them every time we talk about them, guys.
3: Yeah, um, I think I think we both really enjoy Mixer. We do. We think it has a lot of great features. We'd like to see it succeed. They're just really not. They're not knocking it out of the park so far. Yeah, I'd say that. Um,
2: but besides that, you know, back to yeah. topic. Just a crazy, crazy thing to see that this time in streaming, where you right. got a guy who we thought signed an exclusive deal, but now he's back on two platforms, kind of gaming on one, but mostly gaming on the other. Uh, crazy, crazy times for Disguised Toast. We will see if Twitch does react. Hopefully, they. Hopefully
3: they don't. Hopefully they they just won't say anything. <laughs> they'll just be quiet, like they are in everything else, and just go like.
2: If you're well, smart, I mean, like yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and as per
2: usual, we hope you guys all enjoy. Uh, a lot of you guys have been watching the podcast more than than usual with the channel growth. We've been more views on the podcast. So we really do appreciate you guys, and we really do like that you enjoy both of our takes. You know, oftentimes me and Zan are like on opposite sides, and we we love discussing these kind of points. So we really do appreciate you guys for all the support, all the comments and likes. You guys are truly amazing.
3: And, and until then, though, Zan, you want to give them that classic intro. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Thank you to all of our new listeners, our new viewers. We've been seeing amazing growth on our YouTube channel, at Esports Talk. But, hey, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. If you want to listen to our podcast on the go on iTunes, Spotify, on your favorite podcast app of choice, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. We upload the podcast there as well every single week. So, hey, slide through, give it a download. Link will be in the description of this video if you want to check it out. Uh, and we always appreciate feedback from everybody, the audio listeners, video listeners, people who just slide through to say, hey, so by all means, reach out in the comments of this video. You can also find us on Twitter at talk underscore esports and on Instagram at esports underscore talk. You know, we check all of our messages. We read every single one, like literally. We, we don't can't respond to every single one because we get quite a few, but we really do appreciate you guys reaching out. Jake's mentioned it a couple times. We get a lot of stories from people just sliding through and saying, hey, like, oh, did you see this happening in this corner of the eSports world? we're like, wow, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, we'd love to look into that, you know? So thank you all for all the support, all the love. You know, big things coming. We have one big project wrapping up in the next (laughs) week or so that I've been like burning the candle at both ends to get off the ground. But, you know, stay tuned for that. Big things
2: coming, guys. Uh, We're here for a long time and a good time. We always appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys back here. We good?
3: Yeah, I think we're good.
2: Same time. Same day, every single week. Much love, gamers. Uh, Stay safe out there. We're not even going to get close to each other. All right, until next time. Peace. Peace.